My name is Preston Grace, and I'd like to welcome you to the No Walls Podcast. What is up? Welcome to the No Walls Podcast. My name is Taylor, and I am here with our host, Preston Grace, and our worship pastor here at The Brick, Trevor McBain. So today is going to be different than usual. And so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be jumping into kind of a conversation as it's already been going. We realized about halfway through that this conversation was fun, it was unique, it was different. And so we just want to go ahead and capture it for our podcast. So today's flow is going to be very different. It's going to be unique. Uh, we're really just sharing kind of our hearts, just things that we think, uh, you know, experiences we've had. And so this isn't so much instructionary as to kind of give you just a window into what we think and how we live and kind of what our hearts are. So uh, enjoy the ride and we love you and we're thankful that you're listening. So to pick up where we left off, I, I'm somebody that tries to look at, or I, I say I try to, I'm the person that naturally looks for right and wrongs and like everything to do with life. So I often compare how I process and think to how others do. And usually I, I view it like they're right, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we were talking about um, processing on how to move forward. And I naturally want to process and have a ton of options and sort through a bunch of different options to find the perfect one before I take a step. Um, and then other personalities are the ones kind of like we were talking about, like your natural default is to like, actually physically try a bunch of stuff yeah yeah um so i look i i I would look at that as like the right way to do that is try a bunch of stuff don't sit and chew and chew and chew and chew and so because you never get anywhere and then i also is like but also those act the activator people can sometimes like we were talking about our path or like like where god's leading us in our path and stuff and i I was thinking, like, man, it would be so cool to be that activator person. But then I'm like, also, the activator finds himself in the weeds a lot of the time, <laughs> yeah, too. Dude. And, like, like you were supposed to go to Kansas. Why are you in Florida? Like, those kind of situations. <laughs> and so I feel like you have, like, you have your pros and cons on both personality types. You can chew too long and never get anywhere. But you can also run so far away, activating on where you think you're supposed to go, that you find yourself in a way far away where you're supposed to be. Okay. It's such a trip to me. <clears throat> like, just the experience of life itself because <clears throat> I was having a conversation with our next steps pastor, uh, Ryan Gray this morning, actually, and he was talking about like someone told him years ago <laughs> that it takes all different kinds. <clears throat> and like, I believe that's true more today than I ever have. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to believe it's more true tomorrow than I ever have because, uh, I've just realized, man, we're all so different. You really can't create a one size fits all approach to humanity. I mean, there's the concept that obviously God loves us deeply and he gave his son for us. But like how we all come to that conclusion is such an incredibly unique journey. And then who we're becoming in the meantime, you know, like the I like I get the want to try to have a black and white view because it just may it would make it so much easier. If there was just a one right way to do it, then we could all just kind of fall in line. But it just doesn't work because there are plays that work for me that I run that won't work for everybody else. And it's it's funny how helpful like just random conversations like this are like it, it like the moments like this really like fill my cup a ton because it's like you know I didn't I I just didn't even think about it that way and like as an activator like you're right bro I will get in the weeds quick because I'm so like I'm trying to get to <clears throat> point A as fast as humanly possible 
So I'm just trying to blow down every possible door I can to try to get there. And sometimes if you'd have just, if you'd have paused at that mile marker, you'd have seen that there was a big old roadblock you were going to run face first into. So I caused like unnecessary damage and chaos all the time because I don't want to just sit and chill. Yeah, I think whenever there's like a decision <laughs> facing me that feels like a big one, like my my tendency is I want to like sit and collect data, but I also feel the the pressure of even if I'm not moving right now, like life is still moving. So it feels like I'm in a boat that's moving regardless, even if it's kind of slow, and I'm gonna have to turn before I hit the dock. And like there's like a yeah, that's always my wrestle with that. So having to balance that out is uh is kind of hard. But I think I could be the person who would end up camping like but actually i think i've been both i think i've been the person that camps too long and it's like man you just missed the opportunity to even make a decision like you hit the dock but i think i've also been the person that's like i need to turn right right here and then i run into the dock because i didn't like look far enough ahead so that's yeah it's, it's weird how that works out but it's it's interesting to me how we make the decisions and i think that's where the most uniqueness comes like yeah like so like for me when I'm wrestling through a decision, um, I have like like the fear of missing out is such a motivating factor for mm-hmm. me as a human. Like so, I make a lot of decisions that are based out of that like that general fear. Like uh, like uh, like, <clears throat> like for example, like if me and my wife go to a store, <coughs> and my wife sees something that she really likes and she wants, she's totally content to not buy it that day because she's gonna wait for the like the best possible deal i can't do that <laughs> because if that thing's not there in three weeks bro i feel like there's an atrocity yeah. <laughs> that has befallen yeah. me yeah. like i missed out on a good thing <clears throat> because like you thought like because we, we were trying to wait for the perfect thing and so like i don't want to wait i would rather activate fast and figure out in the in in, in the in the meantime because like i'm not trying to miss out on like this amazing thing but the problem with that because far too many times in my life um i activated on good and missed great oh that's good so it's like yeah yeah, no it was a good chance like for example like because like an instant gratification thing like i want happy now right so i'm gonna choose happy now over like joy later Mm -hmm. if you will so it's like i would rather buy the i would rather buy the ticket to the football game today and miss out on the Super Bowl tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And that has bit me in the butt, maybe more so than almost anything throughout life, is my fear of missing out on something that's just okay actually robs me from the ability of enjoying, like, the truly spectacular. Absolutely. Do you think that there's, like, healthy FOMO? (laughs) Because I was thinking about that because in one of the podcasts – I said something, and we were talking about how like it was FOMO, but I think there's been a lot of times where I've, I've taken opportunities or like I've seen doors open, and I've taken them just because, and it's not like the kind of FOMO where it's like, well, like there, I didn't want to like just feel left out. It's like because I feel like if I don't take this opportunity, this door is gonna shut, and I'll never be able to get it back open. And I don't know if you would call that FOMO, but that's kind of, do you think that's a healthy version of FOMO, or do you think that sometimes I'm sure that can play out unhealthily? But what are your thoughts on that? What do you think, Trev? You think there's a healthy FOMO? I I don't think any t- like if if it's the fear of missing out specifically, I don't think that there's a healthy way of doing that. I think that I look at it as like a I'm afraid of 
missing the mark or or, or missing out because of not being prepared. So may, mm-hmm. maybe if that qualifies as FOMO, I look yeah. at like like one thing I go back to and think in my head all the time is the like the Saul and and David kind of concept of like have I went so far my way and had forty years of chances to get back on track that I completely <laughs> missed the mark that it gets taken from me and move and moved yeah kind of thing so like now i have like i i don't have the fear of missing out i have the knowing i did miss mm. it does yeah. that make sense yeah i don't know it's hard for me to think that like as a general rule anything motivated motivated by fear yeah. <clears throat> it ever really produces a great fruit <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know i, I can I, but at the same time like you can be so comfortable with ah I'll get the next one that you never do anything right so like uh, it feels like it feels like there's if FOMO's one ditch then the other ditch is just complete stagnation where it's like there'll be another chance there'll be another chance there'll be another chance like I got tomorrow to get my life together I've got tomorrow to get my life together I don't have to stop this habit that's hurting me today because like there's always tomorrow until like there's not tomorrow until it's like, well, what you thought was going to take six months took six years, turned it into 16 years, turned into 60 years, and you blinked and you lost a ton of time. <clears throat> That's, so I yeah. think, like, I think, I think I would say there's probably just, like, obviously, like, other things a balance. I do think, um, <clears throat> I think the motivation, I, I think what you're afraid of, I think is probably what I would say. Yeah. So That's I good. think, yeah. yeah, like, am I afraid of missing out, like, on something that's fun or am I afraid of missing out on something that's truly great? Does right. that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, and I, I, I think you just have to process each moment. Like the reason I don't, the reason I want to activate today is cause I'm chasing the great moment or yeah. do I just feel like people are having fun and I'm missing out? Right. Like, yeah, like yeah. so like <laughs> fun's a big deal for me. I want to have fun a lot. And, uh, like I remember early on in marriage when we got kids, <laughs> I felt like everyone was having fun and I was just out here miserable. Uh, which was not a really a fun ride for my wife at all. Nicole did not love that season of our <laughs> life and it lasted way too long. <laughs> but if I'm being honest, like in that moment the FOMO was entirely tied to the fact that other people seemed to be having more fun than me. It wasn't actually missing out great because I'd have realized at twenty one I don't I gotta realize no, I have something truly great in front of me. Yeah. Mm. Like missing out fun today is actually a gift because now I'm I'm like I'm building a different kind of legacy. I have these incredible children in front of me that I'm helping to build and there's going to come a day where they can talk yeah. and where they can run and they can sing and they can move and we can dance yeah. together in the living room and that day is today. And yeah. right now I've got a 7-year-old and a 5-year-old and a 3-year-old and they can all talk and we can all act like a straight up fool and we can have just this one giant parade of extroversion on a Saturday and now I'm living my best life. I'm having more fun today with my kids than most people I know that are single and I'm thankful for that season, but it's just, it's, it's a trip because I would have said to you at 21 that like I was missing something like there, there was this deep deposit being taken from my life that I I wanted back. And now I can look back and be like, well, that's dumb. And so I would say today, now I say no to things because I don't want to lose that Saturday. Mm. Yeah. Because like I, I my fear of missing out now is I'm I'm going to miss out on these beautiful moments with my kids, like right. the things that they're going to talk about when I'm dead, right? Or those funny stories we're going to talk about of like you you went to the mail and 
cowboy boots, a ninja mask, and a <laughs> and a and a and a katana. Like yeah. nothing about that outfit made sense. Axe, like what is happening? <laughs> Living his best life. I'm gonna be telling that story for years to come. So yeah. that makes sense. I think that what does. you're afraid of probably dictates if the FOMO, if you will, could or couldn't be healthy. For yeah. sure. The, the, I feel like there's um, it, times that I've kind of had those moments of FOMO have been in relation to comparison as well. Oh, that's good. Of like, like you said, you had those moments of like, people are out there having fun and I'm stuck here, like, like change diapers and stuff, you know, or whatever. And I feel like sometimes I've landed on that of like, if it was just me looking in the mirror, I wouldn't have FOMO, but knowing that there's somebody else living in front of me that has the quote unquote right formula to get this desired result makes me feel like I'm missing out. Not necessarily like I'm missing out. Like I want to live that glorious life, but I am, I'm failing in ways that have left that have disqualified me, I guess yeah. is what I'm, what I'm saying. I think my, f- my fear of missing out, my FOMO might not be fear of missing out, maybe like fear of missed opportunity. Yeah, and I think that's, I like that, yeah. I, and I still think that can be unhealthy because it's like <clears throat> you can't just take every opportunity Absolutely. because you don't know which one's gonna turn into the greatest life. Yeah. But yeah, having to like weigh that out every time, like every time a door is open, I I feel like I'm having to like try to try to play out like how will this bode for me in whenever I'm when, eighty when <laughs> opportunity becomes distraction. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah that's like good how too. many yeah. how many how many times have I prayed for an open door and he does open it just just to see if I will walk through of my own accord mm-hmm. or if I'll stay where I'm told I'm supposed to stay. Yeah. There's been a ton of those chances for me in the last couple of years that I've had to actually practically walk out of. Like I've had a lot of doors open in front of me, but like he said what he said. And so it's like, do you rely on that or do you go forward with the FOMO of like, well, there might not be any more doors. This may yeah. be the last door. Do I walk forward in it knowing that he, I mean, it's opened in front of me or do I stay where I'm told to and where I feel like I'm called to do? And like, what do you do in that situation? And the wrestle is, I, I feel like it's decisions made out of maturity and not out of emotions. Jared says yeah. all the time of like, trying to align your emotions with what is actually true and not making emotionally driven decisions just because it's shiny, just because it's in front of you, just because it's open doesn't necessarily mean that it's like <laughs> me going back to like the right and the wrong of like the right thing to do. Yeah. But yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's the hard thing is like there are good and bad doors. And like they and and they look the same. They all look the same. They're both red. Yeah. They both got the same trim. Shiny. Yeah. And the same key seems to unlock both doors. Yeah. And there's like, cause like there was a door <laughs> that was open for me to to be back here. Like, and that's yeah. that's a crazy thing. It's like, it's and it's hard to know like which doors, when you go into them in a sequential order, get you to be, to like the most fulfilled life. And I think that's where like faith comes in. No, it's a trip because. That tension's real. Like when you believe you have a a a, a call from God or um, a belief that this is the, the the best place for me, and then another door opens, trying to wrestle with did God open that door or did absolutely. I open that door? Yeah, it's absolutely. freaking murky. And as what's crap. the appropriate amount of time to to give energy toward the contemplation of like do I open it? Do <laughs> yeah. I walk through it? You know that those kind of like that that wrestle of. Like, that's what I was going to say earlier when you were talking about, like, like the show must go on when I'm processing kind of thing. And yeah. I'm like, I get so frustrated because I'm like, can everyone just push pause? Let me find my conclusion <laughs> and then move forward. Because it's like trying to juggle 12 things is so complicated. But it feels Absolutely, like that anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. 
that man, that's a real wrestle. I think like I'd be curious to know for you guys how you get to the how do you land the plane of when something is a distraction versus when it's an actual like God opportunity, if you will. Like what uh do you have any like like mile markers or things that help you have a little bit of peace like 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 yeah like or or even how you get to that conclusion like because to me I think that is like one of the like if we have like a Mount Rushmore of things in life that are difficult and always seem to stay difficult mm-hmm. like you almost don't seem to mature out of it being hard mm-hmm. it's delineating the difference between opportunity I created and opportunity God sent me yeah <clears throat> that thing seems like it's never not murky yeah <clears throat> so I'd be curious. As you guys, like, what, like, what, what does that look like for y'all? I think of, like, diving, um, and I don't know if this will make sense or not, but I think of diving as, like, when you're snorkeling, there's a certain level of water pressure, and you can still see light, and you can you can technically hold your breath long enough to see some cool stuff. Um, and so the, the battle is tr- you have to be able to breathe. Like, you need to do what you need to do, and then you need to go back up for air kind of thing. And then as and like you step into diving, it's, like, more pressure – and you have to have more stuff attached to you to be able to breathe and, and carry out the desired result, right? Mm-hmm. And so it becomes more complicated, but there's way more pressure. So it's like it's kind of the same battle. It just gets more um, intense doesn't seem like the correct word. It just it, it, it grows and adapts and stuff too. like kind of the concept of like the battle doesn't change. You just kind of get stronger or more equipped, I like saying, instead of stronger. Um because it seems like that it seems like that in my life of like like it's like i this is the same thing over and over and over these are the same battles of like don't view everything as perfect or imperfect or black and white you know like you gotta you gotta give grace to the the circumstance or the situation and then being able to come to the conclusion on is this my door should i walk through it and stuff it becomes easier now that I'm learning how to process in a healthy way. And for me as an individual, the pretty much the key note to how I process in a healthy way <clears throat> is to go back on what did not sustain. Like, oh, it's like, oh, this is a situation that is very similar to one that I lived five years ago. Did that make me feel great? Did that sustain? Did that feel like God was in the midst of it? And if it's, it's very similar, it looks, it's like, well, okay. It's like the enemy just packaged it in a, pink bag instead of a blue bag like it's the same it's the same kind of issue and i have to externally process it with uh what i call my council of people the people that i'm i know that everything detached just me as an individual is their like me thriving as just trev is their goal and um and processing externally with them is, anyway those are the, those are the ways that i process and it does it does seem to become like you get quicker to the conclusion um, or the healthy choice outside of the emotional choice or like the learn by fire kind of moments. Yeah. I, th- I think for me, it's, it's also like always uh, processing with people that you trust. Um, and then on top of that, and s- so some things are going to be healthy for people that like wouldn't be healthy for me. Like there some people, yeah. just because someone walks through a door and it's healthy for them doesn't mean that's the same door that I need to walk through. That's good. And that's a hard that's thing really to see too, because there's like, some people walk through some doors. I'm like, those are some pretty awesome doors. Like, I want to go through that too. And then, like, you do, and you're like, actually, this this hurts. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. This is not shiny. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel good. But I've noticed it's also helped to see people who were wired like me or or in a similar position to me that walk through a door and like see them get burned by it, and then just be like, 
oh, okay, so maybe that actually isn't the door for me to walk through. And I, Ooh, that's good. and I, not, you can't always go off that because maybe that would be a healthy door for me. But they're taking all that stuff into account. I think is is so like like for instance, like whenever I was seventeen, I was gonna be a professional drummer. Like that was just like a, one of my things. Like I was probably gonna be a professional. And then like I'm I've seen over the course of a few years, like how if I would have went that way, the lifestyle that I would have had, the um the people I would have been around at least in the way that I was planning on doing it, I wouldn't have been able to have a life that I have, like, right now. Like, I, there's no way I would have been able to be married. And I've just seen that, uh, like, play out. And, like, in, even, like, Fallon and I were at a show not that long ago, and uh, I went and checked out the drummer's social media afterwards, and I was like, man, like, that lifestyle would have killed me. Like, I would not have those, been in a healthy those position. Those rooms would have disqualified you from the ones that you're standing in now. Right, you yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. You would have missed a crazy out thing. on a lot of stuff. But, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. <coughs> I think when it comes to, like, and this is, like, recent data, so, like, we talk about all the time, you know, like, we reserve the right to change our mind, so I might, <laughs> you might ask me again in five years and I have a different statement, <coughs> but Chelsea has really presented, like, this theory. Uh, Chelsea Brown, who we've had on the podcast before, really broke this idea of, like, a window of tolerance down, mm-hmm. <coughs> and I haven't been able to seem to shake that. Like, that's been, like consistent for me the last few months just keep coming back to that and the idea is like you've essentially got three stages right so you can do what's easy but the issue with easy is you don't get stronger Christ, if i put two five pound weights on the bar and go to bench press doesn't matter who you are you're just not Mm -hmm. getting stronger and then another tier where it's toxic where it's like well i could put you know 500 pounds on there and i'm like i can't lift 500 pounds so Like, what happens if I lift that bar? Well, it's going to fall and crush my windpipe. And so then not only am I injured and I can't go to the gym, I actually lost all the work that I put in before that moment. So it's not just that, like, I can't go back to the gym and get stronger. I'm actually out of the gym for six months. So I lost all the strength. So I was actually starting back at a worse spot than I was before I started. And then there's that sweet spot where there is a challenge and there's a tension and there's a stretch to it. Um, but it's it, you're you're healthy in it, right? Like yeah. you're you're growing slowly. Your 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 muscles are straining, but you have time to recoup and to heal. <coughs> and I think when it comes to whether or not it's an opportunity you created versus an opportunity God created, I think God's opportunity will always be in that sweet spot. <laughs> It'll always be right there in the middle. It won't be easy where it doesn't require anything of you, <coughs> but it also is not going to kill you. Yeah, it's going to be that sweet spot where y'all, yeah, there's going to be some stretching there because ultimately yeah. God's trying to help us become who He's called us to be. <clears throat> but yeah. it's not going to take you out. It's yeah. also going to Sore- force you to grow. Soreness and then life-threatening <laughs> in- injury are like a whole lot different ball game. hundred yeah. percent. <clears throat> and the only way I know to like <clears throat> figure out if it's my window of tolerance or if that sweet spot is I try to get as much down as you can. I think when it comes to, especially if it's a big door, like it's a big opportunity. I think. You absolutely should get as much data as you can. Now, I'm a little biased because I like data. I want as much as I can, but I think you should ask all the questions, try to figure out a ton of things. Um, But practically, how do I figure out if it's my sweet spot? The two things I would do is, one, I would echo everything y'all said. The people in your life that have proven that they're there for you, uh, not because they can get anything out of you, but they're they're on your team. They want to see you thrive. Uh, always go to them, man. Because you are like the truth is, you just don't see yourself clearly. I don't care how self aware you get, yeah. you will always have a black, a blind spot. Um, and so, those right people will always help you ask the questions you aren't asking yourself. Like, oh crap, I didn't think about that. Like, that moment always comes with those people. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is, 
I would ask people like who were in that spot before. Like you kind of hinted at that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like if I'm trying to take, let's say I'm going to go work at a new church, I want to know what that was like. Yeah. What do the people who work there right now say about it? How did the person who was there in the role before me feel about it? Like some opportunities look beautiful on the surface, but then you get in, man, and it is full of cancer. Yeah. <clears throat> you just haven't seen so the symptoms true. of that come to the surface yet. And I think sometimes we just, we, as a general rule, it's probably better to ask questions like before we commit to anything. And the thing about that is there is something that like we were hinted on earlier with like, I really feel like when it comes to trying to figure out if it's the God opportunity or the me opportunity, at some point you got to move. Yeah. So what you can't do is just not make a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm can be stagnant because no door opens then yeah right at some yeah, point right. you need to come to a place of decision and i don't care if you're a eight on the enneagram a one or two or three or four or five or six or seven like or nine you you got to move like you you got to do something you got you got to take a step and do something at some point and figure out whatever it takes to get there yeah. <clears throat> and for me the piece i have in that because if i did all of that stuff on the front end i asked the questions because a person of faith i prayed um, I fasted. I did what I could do. I did all the due diligence and what I knew to do to try to get that answer. I actually think God's so good that he'll make it work no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really did go to the drawing board as best you can to figure out, is this the right opportunity, the wrong opportunity, I think when you take a step, God's going to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just think sometimes we say we did that without actually doing it. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. No, no, we absolutely prayed. I mean, but did you, though? Yeah. Like, did you ask anybody? Oh, I definitely did. I mean... No, but like, what were the questions you were asking? This is a great opportunity for me, right? It's very <laughs> different than, hey, am I crazy for taking this? Yeah. Those are going to get you two different responses. But I do think if you did the work on the front end, God honors the step. The, the, the grace for the decision kind of thing. Absolutely. It's like it may have not been the plan, but it's not like he, it's like, well, you made the wrong decision. I, I depart from you. Get behind me. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. it's like a, the turns <laughs> the situation into good. <laughs> Yeah, I think just may take longer. It may you have to may like you may have to walk through the the woods and the briars barefoot a little bit sometimes. But I think where I think that's when seeing God as like a good father really does come into play. Yeah, because like the best parent realizes that if you have multiple kids, they're all going to come to conclusions at significantly different rates. Like Axius seems to pick up school like, so much faster than Emory did. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm, 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 like, legitimately shocked by it. But at the same time, Emory respects authority so much better than Axius does. Uh, but the thing is that I believe both of them are going to get to a place to where they can do both, mm-hmm. where Emory can respect the authority and she's great at school. And then Ax is going to be able to uh, respect the authority and be great at school at the same time. Like, the way they get there is going to look really different. And I think a great parent, <clears throat> a great father, a great mother is going to be able to see that journey, realize that it's different, but there's going to be grace every step of the way. I just sure. think that sometimes the reason, <clears throat> I think for for a portion of Trevor, you might be able to speak a little bit more to this, but I think for a portion of us, <clears throat> how we're built personality-wise and the way we've been raised informs such a, <clears throat> like such a scary, like added pressure to a decision. Yeah. Like if I make the wrong call, it's- then God is going to drop <clears throat> the gavel on me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, when it comes to trying to actually make a decision, they're paralyzed mm-hmm. because I would rather just not move than find out I was wrong and know God's about to punish me. 
<clears throat> you ever feel like that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely, <coughs> yeah. Um, it f- in the moment, it feels like the weight of your decision either <clears throat> qualifies or prevents somebody else. It, it, for me, it either qualifies, it like helps or prevents somebody knowing Christ better. Uh, it feels like the weight of my decision is not necessarily like, cause I kind of have that like, well, if it hurts me, like, you know, okay. But like, if it distracts or prevents the people that I could have influenced in a godly manner, healthy manner, whatever, in that step, if it could have helped and I didn't do what I was supposed to and it disqualified that that room from even happening, that I guess that's the weight that I chew on. It's like, did I do everything that I could possibly do and it and and then move forward and it still wasn't good enough kind of the thing? And then it feels like a I've let God down, I've let these theoretical people down, and then now I'm stuck sitting in my my crap like I tried, but it wasn't good enough and so but there is that there, you get that in that gross that gross mindset and the gross thought process of like I am seconds away of being left and it's just not true and, and you have to and like we've we've talked a lot a lot lately of like you have to go back to those like we were talking about Jared had a sermon um, and I don't remember the exact title but like um, you got stones or something like that but the concept was that he ha- there were pillars put in your life as remembering as remembrances of being able to fall back on like my emotions are telling me this in the moment. I feel some kind of way, but here this was actually true. This is the emotions back to truth kind of opportunities. And so back to like processing in a healthy way, kind of concepts and like getting with your people externally processing, praying, fasting, all those things. And the battle becomes easier. Um, It doesn't change necessarily, but it like, like you get stronger, I I guess is what I'm saying. Like those kind of situations, it's, it's attached to those processing things of like, I feel like I'm a failure and that I let down God and let down all these other people and stuff. But I have to go back to those like, pillars or like you said you're just gonna sit in it and then you won't ever move again you're you're uh, we talked about earlier it's like you there's a difference between taking a breather and then camping out and then there's a difference between camping out on a situation and then building a house mm-hmm. it's like i don't want to build a house there and then eventually the house becomes your grave you know and i don't want to i don't want to like let camping turn into building a house into turning into a grave kind of situation and you don't want to get those places camp out on failure um, cause I do believe that God, even when you find your pig pen situation, you always have that opportunity to, he can shift it from good. You get out of the pig pen and you can go home. Those kind of ops. Yeah. Anyway, that's really good. Do, uh, so one thing that I think is always, maybe it's a, a healthy fear. It's always kind of been in the back of my mind was that like, I would make, uh, is that I will make decisions. I will do things throughout my whole life thinking that they're the right decision get to 80 and then realize that like I don't have peace or like I don't have you know what I mean and so I something just kind of popped up in my head that I don't know if I believe this or what or I was just thinking about it I just kind of want to see what y'all thought about it do you think peace now is evidence of peace later like do you think you can have peace on a on a on a decision have peace all the way through it and then get to 80 and be and then lose it does that make sense yeah or do you think like how do you think that works (laughs) So I think <coughs> let me let me slow my eight down for a second. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> no, yeah, I agree. Okay. So in the moment, 
I absolutely think peace now turns into peace later. <clears throat> I would wager I'm not 80 yet. I don't know what it's like to be at that moment. I hope to God when I get to 80, I don't have an endless number of regrets. But if you don't have peace at 80, I would wager a large sum of money that there were a lot of moments you were making decisions and you didn't have peace in them. Because mm. <clears throat> that moment of lack of peace at 80 is the fruit of not fighting for peace here, not mm. fighting for peace there, I not agree. fighting for peace here. Like that thing, it just stacked. And it kept stacking and it kept stacking. And like you were lying to yourself saying you had peace. And that's where self awareness comes into play. And why asking questions matter. And why having the right people in your life that are honest with you and can tell you, hey, you, what you're saying is you have peace, but everything you're saying communicates you don't. It's like, I know God's called me to do this. And then every word after you (laughs) said that is you hate everything about the place you're at. You don't know God's called you to be there then. Right, because if God's called you to be there, then even the things you don't like, you know God's going to work. So there's a there's hope even in the difficulties. Like yeah. there are things that like we're still trying to get better as a church in that like frustrate me. Mm-hmm. That we haven't grown as fast as I want to grow. We're not like moving as quick as I want to quick. Inside of the student ministry I lead, like we there, there are so many areas like we're still trying to get better in. But if you hear me talk about those things, there's always hope. Yeah, like we're well, all right. We're gonna figure it out though, because we got the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I ever shift to like, <coughs> uh, well, God's coming to be here, but everything I say about the Brick Church is it's the worst thing in the world. I can't stand it. I hate everything about it. I, I'm, I don't have peace anymore on that. I don't yeah. know. God's calling me to do that. Because I think what happens is, because either through just self manipulation, we lie to ourselves, we deceive ourselves, we justify <coughs> decisions because we say we have to make them. Absolutely. Uh, we lie about actually having peace. And so we think we have peace. We think we have peace. The only way you woke up at 80 and lost peace is because you have lied the whole way to there Mm -hmm. that you had it to begin with. You never had peace. You just lied about it. You had pseudo peace, this fake picture or this fake mirror Mm -hmm. of what peace was. But if you looked at your life honestly, you would have seen all kinds of fruit suggesting that's not true. Absolutely. I've seen that practically (laughs) actually walked out with a family member of the sacrifice that, or no, I'm not even gonna call it a sacrifice. The the choice outside of like what's right or wrong or peace or, or not peace or God's will outside of you you know what you can control in the moment. I've seen the repercussions of it, like those decisions made at 25, 26, and then the consequences of not not stewarding that well at 50. I've se- I see that, and it's almost like in this specific one that comes to mind, it's like decisions that I'm making I made at 21 to set myself into a place of peace by 80 they're starting at 50 and so it and so I yeah I absolutely agree that that you it, you have to it has to start before you can like it, I, I don't know if you lose it I guess was that part of your question yeah, yeah. like do you do you feel like you'll lose it yeah at I th- some point? I, well I think I, I was wondering if I guess if peace can be misleading like if you can be have peace up until your 79th birthday. Like, I've been doing everything right. And then I woke up on my 80th birthday. It's like, is there a difference between like contentment and peace? I think you can. No, I think so. I think you can be content in suffering. So I think you can. Because it, so it could, like you're saying, like it's pseudo or like a placebo. Yeah, yeah. Or I like think you fake can. Or whatever, like that. It's like it's not actually peace, but like you, you, you don't know any better. Yeah. No, I think so. I think. So you're just content in it. I think that's possible. I don't know. I think peace is contentment. 
<clears throat> so like to get scriptural when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it's preceded by I've had plenty, I've had nothing. I've been healthy, I've been sick. I've had a lot, I've had nothing. This whole idea like I've experienced the mountaintop and I've experienced the valley and I've learned that in all things I can do what I, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so what I think you see is, because <clears throat> in my opinion, Paul is saying like, no, I've learned to be content in all things, like in all, all scenarios. And I think he would have peace. But I don't think peace necessarily means uh, no conflict. <clears throat> right? Like in a war concept, peace means we're not fighting. I don't, I don't think actual peace means there's not tension. <clears throat> I think actual peace means even in the tension, I can sleep. Mm. Even in the tension, my, all is well with my soul. Even in the tension, <clears throat> I'm content. Like even when the church was trying to navigate COVID at its peak, I had peace, but there was a lot of tension, right? I was sure I was where God had called me to be. I was sure we were doing the best that we knew to, but there was a lot of tension. There was a lot sure. of difficulty. There was a lot of unknown. And so, yeah, I don't think you can, I don't know that you, I, I think I would say without having any time to really process, I don't think you could have one without the other. I think peace will provide contentment. Mm -hmm. But do you think you can have contentment in a situation like he was talking about contentment in a situation that isn't necessarily peace okay so i think all right i think you can be content in an area i don't think you could be content in life and have peace mm, okay. so like for example i think i could be content with how my kids are developing but not content with how my marriage is <laughs> i could be content at the job i have but not content with the church i attend i think i could be content with <clears throat> the friends that i have not content in the way I'm managing my money, <clears throat> right? So I do. I think you could have areas of contentment, but to say that I am content in life, I think requires peace, because it peace gives me the ability to understand even in the areas that aren't exactly as I'd like them, it's gonna be okay. And I think contentment needs the belief that it's gonna be okay. Hmm. Like if you don't believe it's going to work out, I don't know how you have contentment, because now all you have is fear, anxiety, frustration. You're like you have to you have to fix some things like. I think they come together. I really think they're married. But I do think you have an area of life that's working the way you want. You'd be content there. But like the average of life, the only way to be content, I think you'd have to at the same time have peace. But that's because I don't think you can have contentment without peace. I think peace provides contentment. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, we're going to be okay. We're going to be able to make it through this. It's we're going to get through that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but to answer your question, <clears throat> could somebody <clears throat> have peace and on their 79th birthday wake up and not have peace? I think the answer to that question is I think they can think so. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So does that make sense? Like, yeah. I, I think you can think you had peace and found out you don't. I just think the truth of the matter would be you didn't. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, if you could look back, you'd find out you never actually did have peace. It was a yeah. pseudo peace. It was a fake peace. Um, <clears throat> and that communicates just self-deception. I mean, there are absolutely times in my life where I thought I was fully in the right. <clears throat> and then it just, like, how the crap did that happen? Yeah. Never saw that coming. That didn't make no daggum sense. But now at 28, I go look like, nah, dog, you were lying the whole yeah. way. <laughs> you were lying to yourself about every single thing about that that moment. Uh, <clears throat> but I, at the moment, I felt like God had failed me. Yeah, <clears throat> Like I absolutely thought heaven had just decided, all right, we'll, we'll pee on Taylor today. Because <laughs> sucks to be him. Yeah. We don't like that guy. Yeah. No. Shh. It makes me think of the Encanto sermon that you did recently. 
it's like everybody in there is all chasing like they think that they have found like this like we've come to this place of contentment and peace but they're it's like a facade like you said it's like yeah. a like a with cracks pseudo, the foundation what, yeah. the whole way through yeah it's like actually grandma's <laughs> not happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah she's but real then sad. you see that they get peace at the end absolutely right because now everybody's honest yeah. everybody actually has conversation authentic, authentic and <laughs> vulnerable like <clears throat> we said like in the sermon we said like like uh like healthy is worth uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I think people who don't have peace but think they have peace are running from uncomfortable. Absolutely, they're it's just like ignoring they're, it. They're, they're, it's a, it's ethereal. It's like peace is this thing, is this ethereal thing? And sure, I have peace. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. When you have it, it's almost like it find it like in a weird way. It's like you. I do think that you work toward it, like, and then it also like it finds you. It's not like a like my my. <laughs> predisposed thinking of like there is a right way i'm gonna get it if i have if i check off my 10 little boxes i'm gonna find peace like i don't think it i don't think it's the same way for everybody it's like like i could i I feel like a 15 year old can find peace and then also it may take somebody 85 years to find it yeah absolutely i think it's realizing that like well peace isn't circumstantial is the Mm -hmm. thing which is why like i did that whole like like peace in war isn't the same as peace in life <clears throat> like <clears throat> peace is not bound to your circumstances. Like you can be truly oh, okay. poor and have peace. Yep. Like you can have your needs not be met and and be at and peace. Be like yeah. like Jared's told a story of being on a mission trip and like seeing kids who live just a few miles from this massive dump, and there was more peace and more joy in those children than any of the kids that he took on this mission trip from this bougie part of the country who could pay for it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, like, I think the issue is what we often say by we want peace is we don't want confrontation. Yep. <clears throat> and unfortunately, that's just a promise of life. Yeah. You don't get to unlock who God's called you to be without confrontation. Yeah. You don't get to get to the end of the journey and realize the dream of God in your life without conflict. It's just going to happen. Like, and realizing that peace isn't circumstantial actually makes it touchable. Yeah, it does. The reason why peace is so difficult for someone who like needs there to be a right and wrong yeah. is you can lose it in a millisecond. Absolutely. Then. <laughs> right. So if, if peace is circumstantial to whether or not I'm in the full right, well, as an imperfect human being, guess what I'm going to be at some point mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. And the second I shift to making the wrong call or making a wrong decision or stepping out of the perfect will of God, yeah. then I lose all peace. Absolutely. And I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't either. think peace is circumstantial. I think peace is yeah. afforded for you even in the difficult moments, which is one of the reasons I think grace is so beautiful. Yeah. Is this like I didn't deserve what God gave me, but I got it. Absolutely. And the beauty of that truth is now I'm not just going to lose it because he somehow realizes I'm not worthy of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he knew I wasn't, I didn't have it before he gave it. Yeah. So, and like. That's, that's a really difficult unlearning oh, that you have to do. Yeah. And that, that like, I, in my head just then it popped in. It's like, it's the theory of peace is really hard to get to, but it's really easy to lose. Um, and and oh, it, it yeah. feels like it feels, anyway, we you have any on that? No, I just, I was agreeing with you. I think. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it. I think it's true and untrue, which is what's crazy. Like, because like we said, like if it's peace, it's not circumstantial. But like, I think you can find seasons of peace in these moments where you do have it. Like, it's like I'm okay. Yeah. 
But then tragedy hits or trauma finds its way to you or just bad self-talk comes with the wrong people around you. Absolutely. And you can't. Like, and it's, it is unlearned. Like, I guess, I guess attachment to the unlearning concept of, like, my question with contentment and peace is that I'm not shook in the trauma, in the chaos, if I have, like, my core is, like, in peace. I have peace in Christ kind of thing. But circumstantial associated to, like, contentment is that like I look at it kind of like joy and happiness. If you have joy, that's a different that's like a that's like a piece of you kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. it, it's your essence if you will. Um, but happy is like a moment by moment kind of thing. It's yeah. like, oh, this new toy made me happy. This food made me happy kind of thing. But then you have like you I feel like they go hand in hand yeah, maybe. No, it pops into my head that way. I think so when you first said uh content contentment and like peace, you were talking about those two things. And I think I maybe I just have like a different definition of contentment because i think i've seen people content in not taking a step that they know they need to take yeah but i don't think i think maybe content's not the word does that make sense but i don't think you can have peace in that so (laughs) i don't know what i would call that but like it's like i know there's something i have to do but i'm i'm content just staying in the mud like i'm content just chilling here maybe it's not content maybe it's what you were saying it's like that pseudo peace like i'm just so we for our listeners, we may wind up splitting hairs <coughs> yeah, yeah. on uh, verbiage. So if you feel like we are, I apologize. Um, <clears throat> but here's how I would justify my, at least my thought. Yeah. I think what you're communicating is complacent, not contentment. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think sense. you're complacent in that like, moment. I don't think you're content in the moment. Because yeah. I even think that person who doesn't want to take the step isn't happy they don't want to. Okay. <clears throat> I've met and had a lot of conversations with people who have come to the conclusion there's a step in front of them to take and they either don't want to, aren't willing to, or feel like they're unable to. They don't walk away content with that. Yeah. Especially when they can verbalize it. Like when you can say it, I know I need to do this, but I'm not going to. Yeah. That, that is one of the most disgusting, painful, frustrating moments in life. I've been in that moment. That is the worst freaking feeling. Because it's like a you have something in front of you, you know to do, yep. but for whatever reason you're unwilling to or you deem that you can't like that right there, man, that is that is suffocating. Absolutely. Yeah. You bringing a per like there's been times that bringing that wrestle to the light confirms your insecurities. So like it is easy to go into a complacent contentment kind of place because like you're you're terrified of somebody else confirming what you your whole life have struggled with mm. so like I, that's what I, I i can absolutely see how like millions and millions of people get into that placement of like i battle so much alone i don't need more things on my plate and more people with spears coming yeah. at me it's like i there's enough in my head to to if i bring this to the light it's like if they if there is that slight chance that they're going to confirm my greatest fears in that concept, it's like that's actually scarier than me moving forward out of this place because it's like I know survival-wise, I know that I can survive in this place. The weight is not so crazy heavy to where I'm not going to be able to function and move and stuff like that. But it, it, it I mean, obviously it's not, it's not a healthy thing. <laughs> I'm breathing right now. You're breathing. You have food. You can pay your bills. It's just, it's, it's still bad. But you know, it could be that could be worse kind of thing. But and then it like, in my opinion, right now it's only mental. Like, what if it's mental and external as well? Which it will become absolutely inevitable. Inside always drives outside. (laughs) Has been my experience in life. 
that when I get into moments of despair or moments of complacency or there are things I know to do that I'm kind of choosing not to do, <clears throat> almost always what's happened is I've let the fear of more pain outweigh the hope of healing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, like, the chance that I could get hurt again is just honestly scarier than I might get better. I could, I, I have hope. I actually could see healing and it's hard. Like that is, that that's difficult, man. And especially on your individual journey and your story and your experiences, like <clears throat> it's very real because like you might not know what healthy looks like. So if I've never experienced healthy, if I've never experienced that hope does actually work, that it, that, that it will, it's worth fighting for. Why in the world would I choose the option that in my mind guarantees more pain Absolutely. or even if the risk even if i can articulate the risk is 10 percent more yep. i know what pain feels like yep. why would i want more of that why would i want to go through that again why would i want to ever open myself up to that again yep. because i know how much it hurt before yep. it doesn't matter how much hope like someone might have for healing or how amazing healthy would be that right there i never want to feel that again yep. <laughs> and i think that goes back to why I'm so passionate personally about the church, but like I'm, I'm passionate about relationships. Like it's in those moments when we're stuck, we got to have some people who are like, no, 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 no. it's worth it. Yeah. That hope it's real. You can get there and I'm going to be with you. Yeah. <clears throat> and even if pain comes, you won't feel it alone this time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be right next to you. I'm going to help you carry this until you feel strong enough that you can navigate this thing alone. And the best part about that is even when you feel like you can, you won't be because mm-hmm. I'm going to be right here with you, yeah. championing all the best parts of who you are. Yeah. And if we can get to that place, I think those seasons of complacency, those moments of indecision, those those moments where we won't take the step, they get farther and few between. Yeah. And then how long we stay there gets less and less and less. Yeah. I think this is about that spot to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I've had a blast with the conversation yeah. uh yeah. big shout out to trev thank you sir Thanks for, having me, for coming and yeah. joining uh you brought color to our black and white conversations I like <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate I like that, that. Yeah. you're the color to our canvas bro i love that <clears throat> uh press and be green yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure the painting's a tree yeah, thank you yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh but anyways love you guys uh thank you for being here if uh you're new with us man we thank you for checking in uh, like always, we love y'all. Thank you for being a part of the No Walls podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share so the conversation continue to move forward. And like always, we hope you have an amazing week. Love you guys. Love you guys.